I got All one, right. I think. You got one? <laughs> All right, so we're going to try to do it. This is the Detroit Rock City show. Yeah. So we need to talk about great Detroit rock acts or musical acts that come out of Detroit, Michigan, United States of America, right? Okay, okay. So you got one? Yeah. Who is it? Kid Rock. Kid Rock, yeah. yeah. Kid Rocking up and down the... No, Kid, so Kid Rock's one, for yeah. sure. Yeah, And a, uh, Jack White is yeah. one. Mm, that's a big one. Right, because uh, that's who we went to go see last night, and we're going to we're gonna talk a lot about Jack White, uh, uh, Detroit's own. Oh, yeah. yeah I think, uh, and then, let's, let me go through the list here of other musicians, and you can tell me. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to hear All right, Parliament Funkadelic's own. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. George Clinton? You yes. You know George Clinton? Yes, sir. Aretha Franklin. Very nice. Anita Baker. Yep. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Aldebarge. Aldebarge. Do you know Aldebarge? Is Aldebarge ain't nothing going to break my stride? Ain't nothing going to hold me down. down. Oh, no. Is that Aldebarge? I don't know. All right. We might be wrong. <laughs> I'd rather just not look it up and be, and be stupid about it. It's a lot easier. <laughs> Sounds right. We should have yeah. just said yes. Aldebarge does sing that. Oh, right? yeah. It, of course. No matter what Google says. Barry Gordy's not really a musician, but Barry Gordy, you got to put him in every conversation. Like the father of Motown, right? Isn't yeah. he the father of Motown? Yeah. Throw him in there. Uh, Dean Fertitta. Dean, my boy. Little Willie John. Oh. There, there's literally like thousands of these people. Bob Seger. Nice. Uh, Ted Nugent, the oh, Nuge. The Nuge. Kid Rock. They got him right there. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Ray, Ray Parker Jr. You know Ray Parker Jr.? No, I don't. I think it's Ghostbusters. He sings Ghostbusters. Really? Is that Ray Parker Jr.? I don't know. Sounds right to me. We should have a Google person for this show. Yes, we should. Wilson Pickett. A Smokey Robinson. Smokey. Stevie Wonder. Really? Stevie yeah. Wonder. Wow. Yeah, this is all from Detroit Rock City. I'd say. And uh, for one night only, Live from the Dutch Hall is from Detroit Rock City. Oh, yeah. With that. Uh, oh, no. Detroit Rock City. It's coming at you. Dutch Hall's <laughs> from Detroit Rock City. So we got to hit the theme song. <laughs> Smooth as silk, Michael. Oh, shit out of a duck's ass. Oh. <laughs> it was a good one last night, obviously. <laughs> oh. Let's get this going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This nice Detroit crowd. Hey? Nice Detroit crowd tonight. Then welcome, everyone, to Live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke, and with me today is a tobacco farmer and front man of Crown the Lion, Mike Bowe. Mike, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Pete. Always a pleasure. Nice to uh, come down the road here, just a hop, skip, and a jump, and uh, have a little chat with my friend Pete and my cousin. Yeah, well, we had, uh, I was told not to refer to you as my cousin anymore. It's part of a feedback. We got okay. feedback segment that somehow, because you're my cousin, right? Uh, and I say I'm proud that you're my cousin. I'm proud of all my cousins, that, mm-hmm. that I'm part of this great family, that I'm, I'm somehow, uh, that somehow is, is uh, 
diminishing your accomplishments as a man. Oh, okay. And I should be selling selling you for all your great your great accomplishments in life and boosting you up as a great guest of life from the Dutch Hall, <laughs> rather than just like sloughing you off as like, oh, this is my cousin Mike. Like, who gives a shit, right? But I don't feel like it's a slough slough off. I feel like it's uh, we're lucky to be a big part of this big family. So it's an honor. Yes, I you agree. I, mean? I, I agree. So I agree. to me, it's fine. But if you notice, I led with friend and then went to cousin. So yeah. what does that tell you, right? Thank yeah, you. I know. But even still, I think even friend is. Yeah, uh, it's, it's selling you short for sure. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, even when you say friend, you're just saying, like, ah, this guy's on the show because he owes me a favor. Not because he's interesting or yeah. not because, yeah. like, my, my audience would like to hear <laughs> from him. Just because he's a... Uh, you know, he owes me a favor. I got him to come in, which <laughs> which is not too far off the street, actually. <laughs> That's pretty stuck. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel offended. It's all good. I love being here, P. I'm glad I got to come down tonight. So to, uh, today's show, we're going to talk about Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. Because last night, we made the pilgrimage. Me and uh, me and uh, three of three other guys, who I uh, shall remain nameless due to a, a, a very um, stern... Um, very stern phone call I received just before the show. Just before showtime, I received a phone call from one of the gentleman's wives who went on the uh, went on the trip with us. Who said, "Under no circumstances will you mention my husband was on that trip with you." And I said, uh, "I said that I would honor those wishes." And you're uh, you're honoring it nicely. Yes, <laughs> but he was there. That silly bastard. <laughs> yeah. I won't I won't mention who he is. But leave it out there for people to guess. Yes. For the purposes of the storytelling, we will refer to him as Old Hambone. Old, old Hambone. Hambo. Note to self. Yeah. So we went to we did a pilgrimage to Detroit. So we uh, for those of you listening to live from the Dutch Hall who are not familiar with where we live, we live about three three hours from Detroit, three and a half. Yeah, three hours and and a, around three hour drive yeah, three from hour Detroit, roughly. just depends east of Detroit. Depends on the border, right? Yeah, it depends on the border. So we what we did was this was the. Um, this was the the process we had to go through. We started out uh, where I I picked up one of the I can tell him I went one of the people was my brother. Okay. I don't think he's gonna mind he's that allowed. I, yeah, I can say that he went. So I had to pick up my brother. Then we had to go drive an hour about an hour away to meet up with these other two guys okay. so that we could uh, leave our vehicle and carpool with them into uh, Windsor, which is where we had our hotel. Okay, and then uh, take the tunnel bus. So we went from we went to that car to the hotel, checked in the hotel, walked to a bus station to get on a, bu- a tunnel bus. Tunnel bus, nice. To go across the border, and then we got to get into a taxi cab to get to the theater, and uh, so all that took us by the time we started to the time we finished. We're probably a good four or five hours, oh, yeah, you know, I like so. to yeah. get to to get to the to to finally get to this. Uh, uh, venue, and we were pretty excited about going to see Jack White at the Masonic Lodge in Detroit. So, and uh, Masonic Lodge is a 94-year-old theater mm-hmm. in, uh, I think, south of 10th, uh, 10th line, or is it 10th line? Is that what it is? You know, you, what's it, 10th mile? 10th, 10th mile. That's mile. what they do it oh, in yeah, Detroit, right? right? Eight, Eight mile, mile is, is, is uh, right. Eminem. Eminem, right? That's right. You got it. So once you cross 10th mile, I think it starts getting a bit more sketchy. You know, okay. if I apologize to the great people of Detroit if I'm going to be getting <laughs> your town wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with it as I should be. But we went, but apparently when you go the wrong side of 10th mile, it goes from being like nice, safe, you know, touristy type right. place to more of the, uh, 
part of the town with maybe a little bit more character. Okay. Probably a little more color yep. than what you're used to. Yep. And, uh, and, but, but a lot, a lot more character, I thought, you know, so it was different. If you go to like, if you go to the, the nice sterile part of town, like I've been to the state theater in, in Detroit before and, uh, you go to the State Theater with Fox. I think it might be called the Fox. Okay. Whatever. The one down by Comerica Park. Yeah, by Comerica, yeah. Um, and that whole area by Comerica Park. It's very uh, sterile, you know. Like yeah. Tourists can come from everywhere, and you don't have to be scared of Detroit when you're in, in uh, the, that Comerica Park. Yeah, you're Park. in a little safe haven there. Yeah, they make yeah. a little safe bo- yeah. spot for people to come. Yeah. And that's where we got off the bus, and then we went in a taxi cab. And went down to this part. In the, okay. So you is, caught the cab from the safe haven of Comerica. And, and then drove down to the, the other side of the tracks. Of it, and yeah. then you went to the uh, the character side of Detroit. Nice. Yeah, which we'd never been before. And we didn't even know where this place was. So we just trusted the cab driver. Mm-hmm. And every time I go to a city uh, uh, and I take an opportunity to take a cab, because I'm a country boy, mm-hmm. I, uh, I always like to sit in the front seat and talk to the cab driver. Because the cab driver... Always has great stories, right? They've seen it all. Yeah. Vegas is a great place for oh. that. You go down to Vegas, always sit in the front with a cab driver, and you will never be disappointed. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I usually did when I was on the trip I went there. It was, it was, you always had a story. Do you do it too? Do you ask do you, do you ask the cab drivers a lot of questions? Yeah. I usually am the guy in the front as well and blab on to the cab driver. It's a great time. Yeah. the the I, I've been with people who go with me in cabs, and they say, uh, how come, like, like I went, I drove, went out with you to dinner, and we took two cabs, and both times we had the craziest cab drivers I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's, you just don't talk to them. Because most people sit in the back, they talk with whoever they're driving right. around with, and they pretend the cab driver doesn't exist, right? He's just driving you. Yeah, they're not interested in him, right? And then you miss out on all the good stuff. If you ask them a few questions, those guys give you way more than you want. Oh, yeah. This first guy, he was like... Uh, Oh, geez. I don't know what he was. We tried figuring out what he was, but he was something swarthy. He was something like, you know, something swarthy, looked a little like, uh, I don't know, like Mediterranean or okay. or like Arabic or He's maybe. A, a mix? Uh, he, he was, or he could have been a uh, Hispanic of some sort. I don't know what he was, but he was, he was an Armenian. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we were guessing. I don't know what he really knew. Huge, huge underbite. Okay. Um, to the point where it was, kind of, it, 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 you couldn't take your eyes off of the underbite. You know, <laughs> it was pretty big. And uh, right away, he starts talking to me about uh, Detroit, and then he starts talking about how he went. To, he, other than being in Detroit, he's also been in uh, Milwaukee. Oh. And Chicago. So he was saying he's been around a bit. He's been in Milwaukee and Chicago as well as being in Detroit. Okay, he's really ventured out. Yeah, and he ta- and he loves Milwaukee. Milwaukee to him was the best city in the world. Old Milwaukee. And I said, what's so good about Milwaukee? And he said, well, Milwaukee. I went with my 15-year-old. He said he had a 15-year-old son. He went with his 15-year-old son in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, his 15-year-old son says, it was like 1230 at night. He says, where are you going, Dad? I want to come to the bar with you. He goes, you can't come to the bar with me. I'm, he goes, why? He, I go, I'm not even going to a bar. He said, uh, well, where are you going then? And he goes, it's none of your business where I'm going. <laughs> you know, you just go to bed. You should, you should go to bed. Well, if, it's, if you're not going to a bar, then why can't I come with you, right? He's like, right. you, you should be asleep. You know, you know what, do you, what do you need to know what my business is, right? That's what he's kind of saying. Yeah. He basically told, he's kind of hinting, hinting, hinting that he got some prostitutes in, in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, and leave me alone for a couple yeah, hours. He wanted his kid to let him go out on the street so he could, he could go and, like, uh, purchase a prostitute, I think. <laughs> 
so he was very forthcoming with this information. I just sit down in the driver's seat next to the guy. He sits there and he tells me he likes to get prostitutes when he's on a trip with his son. And I'm like, I don't know how to deal with that information. It's a little bit foreign, you know. So I decided, well, instead of being like, uh, you know, uh, uh, scared of the fact that this guy's telling me uh, personal information about himself, mm -hmm. I'm going to join in and give him some personal information about me. So I told him a very intimate story about myself okay. in my younger days <laughs> when I was a young man. And I had, uh, it was a story uh, about me having an op opportunity uh, where a girl had um, taken a liking to me and how I wanted to, uh, how I uh, had an opportunity to go on a date with her. And I, I, I screwed the date up, as I always do. My dates never end well, right? Mm -hmm. But I just took him to the part of the story which I thought was uh, like a teaser, you know? Like it brings you to the point where maybe I've uh, sparked his interest. Right. And then I just let it hang there. Just let it hang. <laughs> see right? where he takes it. Yeah, to see if he was interested in my story. If he just wants to tell me that he bangs hookers. I don't know. <laughs> or are you actually interested in what I'm doing? Or I don't know. I just threw it. I threw some out there. And you could tell the guys in the back are like, what the hell is Pete doing? And because they thought I was boring as hell, the story was boring. And okay. it was kind of boring because I didn't, I didn't get to any of the good stuff. Right. So I bring it to the point where it, 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 it uh, just piques his interest. And then there's silence. And I just was saying, I don't know, maybe he didn't care. And I'll just, like, look at the windshield for a while and we'll get there and it's over, right? <laughs> like, I felt like I bombed. Like, the story bombed and I just, like, I lost it. But he looks at me. He's got the sideways look. I, I took the story to a certain point. because gives a look. And he goes, so did you fuck her? <laughs> <laughs> my answer is no. He just wanted to get to that part. Yeah, he's like, I doesn't remember. What's the point of this story unless you unless you fucked her, right? I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. You, you, you know, uh. <laughs> he threw something at me. I was throwing something back. Oh yeah. Uh, well, the cab driver on the way back was even better. The really? cab driver on the way back when we left the show, and we'll get into the show in a bit. Okay. But, okay. but I'll just well around the, the subject of cab yeah, drivers. Right on. The cab driver on the way back. Her name was Judy. She was a delight. She was a delight. Nice smile. Oh, she's, she, was, she was gorgeous. Indeterminate age. My wife, I told the story to my wife already really? today, and she, and she said, how old would this lady be? And I said, I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 60. Really? With a That's heavy, big. With heavyset African-American women <laughs> who are kind of like, um, I just can't tell yeah. how old they are. I can't. I'd have no way of knowing. So I would assume she's somewhere in that range. So Judy comes in. <laughs> I see her. We were, it's busy. When you leave the theater, uh, the the. The, conge the, the community there, the roads and stuff, aren't built to take those, all those 4,000 people even all Coming at once. Coming out of there, yeah. Okay. So it's pretty bunged up. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of cabs to be found because it's not in the best part of town. So we found a cab. We found this lovely Judy, and we say, can you give us a ride? She's like, yeah, I can take you anywhere you want, but it's going to cost you $12. I'll tell you right now. And then I said, Straight all right, up. no problem. I get in the front seat. I move like a pile of filth. There's a pile of filth in the front seat. Knock it onto like I got no choice. where your feet go. Yeah, yeah. There's four of us. I have to sit on her, her McDonald's bags <laughs> exactly. and stuff like that. So um, I sit in the front seat of the car. Judy's wearing um, uh, rubber gloves, like surgical gloves. Really? Yeah. Like she's driving the... the what color were they? Uh, clear. Like, you know, like, oh, clear. Okay. clear like latex or really? gloves. And uh, I think that's probably for germs or cleanliness or something. So she goes, uh, it's going to cost you $12. And because uh, we need to get a ride to the tunnel bus. I said, okay. No, that sounds like a deal to me, Judy. Yeah, no problem. And uh, she goes, how many are there, three? I said, no, there's four. And she says, oh, four is going to cost you 15. Three costs you 12, but four costs you 15. And I'm, that doesn't make any no, sense. No, it doesn't make wise. sense at all. So I said, good deal. 
Good deal, Judy, because you, your math is off, but I saved a buck, eh? Yeah, should have been in. 16. Exactly. You know? I think we gave her 20 anyways. To be honest <laughs> Beautiful with you. lady. But she was entertaining. This is, so she gets in there, and I, she goes, I need that money up front. And I'm like, you're going to get take my money before you take me anywhere? She goes, yeah, you give me the money or we're not going anywhere. And I said, you don't trust me at all? I don't trust anyone. I don't trust no man. She goes, I don't trust no man. I don't trust... <laughs> I don't trust. No, I don't even trust my own mama. She said, "I don't. Man is only meant to steal from you, rape you, beat you, leave you lying. Really? Because a man won't do nothing for you. I trust no one but my God. Me and my God, all I trust. Right? Jesus. Right. So she's a very religious woman, mm -hmm. Judy, which then proceeds to pull out and she goes, "I don't let nobody in. I don't do nothing for nobody, right? That's what she's saying. She goes, all I'm going to do is get you where you need to go so I can get one more fare, and then I can go home and put my feet up, right? And then she's passing this one car, and she goes, you better get driving, you no-driving motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that whole time, she's just going around to people like, look at this guy here. Look at this guy. He looks like a fucking hippie. <laughs> <laughs> right? She's commentating the traffic yeah. as you're driving. Oh, yeah. Old Hambone in the back yeah. says, what's that guy wearing? A poncho? She turns right back and her head snaps back and at him. And like eh? Hambone's calm. She goes, that is a poncho. Right? Like she's she's like, and I go, oh, I bet you that poncho smells like wet dog. Because I know black people think that we smell like white, wet dog. Did you know really? that? No, I did not yeah, know yeah. that. I heard that from people that... um you know how, like, different races, like, they, I don't know if it's something, like, uh, in the pheromones or whatever yeah. or something. We all give off a certain scent, you okay. know. Yeah. I don't know if it's diet or mm -hmm. if it's, or if it's, a, if it's a, something in your DNA or what it is, you yeah. know. But there's certain cultures, you know, they smell different. Yeah, they, yeah. You know? yeah. So for, for African-American people, smell white people like you and I. Wet dog. Wet dog. I That's did. what they say. We smell like wet dog. I love learning new things. Yeah. Wet dog. I know. I'm always self-conscious yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm going to be now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always think I smell like wet dog. When, when I ask people, I have friends that are like uh, black or whatever. I, do I smell like wet dog? You know? Because I don't know. I, and then uh, they're like, yeah. You do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all do. Y'all do. <laughs> Judy uh, was a beauty. And, uh, sounds like it. Oh, she was great. We talked about movies. Where's like what she like? What she like for a movie? Like she, she oh, she liked the old classics. She liked the old classics. She liked she liked what did she say? Olivia de Havilland, or she was talking about this. All these old movies, like okay. musicals and operas and shit like that. Like she was really, but drawn to it, like like taken by it. Like she can't get enough of these old classics because she thinks they're just beautiful, just the most lovely things in the world. Eh? <laughs> Had a real artist's eye. Like this woman was a character. Like there was, it was entertaining. Real uh, top off to the night. Oh, I loved it. That's perfect. it. Was my favorite part of the night? I think was talking to Judy and so. Shout out to Judy from uh, Detroit. Rock. Well done, Judy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Well done. Uh, there it is. Crowd goes wild. Crowd, you know, thank you for giving Judy the credit she deserves. Great crowd drive. So we went to the Fox Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Or not the Fox Theater. Shit, the uh, Masonic Temple in Fox in uh, Detroit, Michigan. And it's got two theaters. Uh, my understanding, it's got two theaters. It's got a small one and a large one. Okay. Jack White was playing in the large theater. He's actually... Um, he actually uh, saved the theater a few years back. He he paid off 142,000 in back taxes to keep the theater really? open. Yeah, so they actually named the small theater after him. It's the Jack White Jack Theater. Jack White Theater, and and but he played in the he in played the in the big one, one the ballroom okay. theater, I think okay. it's called or something. Cool. That's wow. So we go in the theater, and it looks like um, it kind of looks like an old city hall building or something like that, like mm -hmm. very 
very big and not like a theater, you know, but like big and like uh, stone, beautiful building yeah. and stuff like that. Actually, downtown was really cool. When we got out of the cab originally to go to the theater, uh, there was a guy with a trombone. There was, there was street performers, you know. Outside playing. the venue. They knew there was a lot of people outside right. the, uh, going into the venue, so the people with trumpets and trombones and stuff like that would come and play and hope, put, throw out their hat or whatever to mm -hmm. try to get a few bucks. Anyways, uh, the cops were there breaking it up. I think they didn't. They were kind of like leave it alone or whatever, mm. which I thought was a disappointment yeah. because, um, you know, I like that. You know, the slow street performers are entertaining, Part and of they, the culture. It, it, and it also creates kind of the, some of the atmosphere of the spectacle that is a music show or or any type of show you're doing. If you mm -hmm. can have a bunch of people carrying on outside, it, it kind of adds the excitement and the, and the interest, the eclecticness of the event. Yeah, you know, totally. So I I, I was disappointed. But I wasn't disappointed as the guy who was getting kicked, uh, getting shooed away by the police, who, uh, I forget what he called the cops, but I think it was the F word, uh, yeah, no, yeah, it was the F word that the uh, homosexual community don't, doesn't like anymore, oh, you know yeah. that one? Yes. Bunch of F and F words, like that one, you know, I can't, I don't, I, I'm not allowed to say it anymore. Yeah, know? it's probably, I'm trying, so, I, I'm getting what you're you know? Yeah, that's what he was saying. And so he was really more upset. But that was our kind of introduction. We get there. There's this guy yelling at the police, uh, being shooed off with his. Uh, and we're like, "What are we doing?" You know, a little bit was a little bit of me. The, the small farm kid was like, "Well, you know, this is a we're here. This yeah. is a tough part of town, you know." But then you go in the theater, and everybody is uh, dressing, uh, you know, their uniforms. You know, very, like in their ushers' uniforms. Okay. And. Uh, it is a real professional, real nice. Everybody is very friendly. Like it's, uh, and the theater is immaculate, beautiful, beautiful theater, very ornate, uh, well kept, yeah. uh, and uh, nice clean carpet in the entrance. Everything was just great about beautiful. it. It was like going to an old hall or something like yeah. that, but it, but beautiful, like uh, detail in the architecture and stuff like that. And it had one of those old elevators, you know, like um, where you—it's kind of got like the you where you got to open the door, slide that metal, that metal thing that's kind of like the like a lattice or yep. something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this elevator uh, operator, they got an elevator operator because it's an old elevator that okay. you have to, like, get a guy to run it up for you or whatever. <laughs> so he, we, me and my brother are walking past, and we're just kind of going. We, we were in general admission, so we're on the bottom or on the first floor. There's a floor underneath where the theater was, but there, we're on the first floor in general admission. But we're like, we want to check the theater out. We're here a bit early now. Mm -hmm. And this guy's yelling, anybody need a ride to the top? Right? And so... Uh, we're like, hey, we're down here in general, but I'd love to go see the top of this theater, right? So he goes, come on in, guys. I'll give you a tour, right? It was Joe. Joe? Joe was his name, yeah. Good guy. <laughs> and so Joe, Joe had, uh, and then he brings us in. Another girl who works at the theater comes in, too. And uh, she's, she's, we say hello to her, and she's asking, what are you guys doing? And we say, well, we're going to take a, we're, Joe's giving us a tour of the theater, right? And she goes, well, stay away from the fountain room. If you go in the fountain room, we will eject you immediately from the premises. Ooh, right? what's in the fountain room? I'm so curious. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I'm so curious, eh? The fountain room is on the second floor, and uh, it's all sorts of magic goes on in there. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently. But we were, I didn't want to risk it because I really wanted to see the show. Yeah. So we go up to the top floor with Joe, and Joe tells us, he goes, I'm going to take you right to the top of this place. <laughs> up there is where they have the really nice-looking ushers, right? And he goes, those women, you're gonna, you can go up and talk to them. But don't touch him. Leave him for me, right? <laughs> and is uh, Joe's got to be probably in his seventies, right? He's an oh, okay. older gentleman. He's got you know impeccably dressed, nice tie, very friendly uh, man. 
So I go up to talk to these ladies in the theater. We look at the top floor, and uh, there's a. I, she's right. The, the the ushers are gorgeous, eh? All these like gorgeous young young uh, ladies, and I go up to talk to the one, and saying like, "What? You know, you got a lot of good shows here. You got a lot of good acts come through," and she says, uh, "Yeah, like uh, last night. She should have been here last night." And she lit up too, eh? Like when you when you're asking her, like you could tell she was really lit, mm-hmm. like excited about it. Last night was Nick Cave and the Bad Seed. She said, "She okay. goes, have you heard of them? Have you heard of them? Do you know that? Yeah, band? I've heard of them. They're a pretty gritty band, yeah. like really kind of dark. And, yeah. yeah, I like them too. Yeah, but, yeah, I've heard of them. But uh, she she must liked them a lot, which I thought was surprised. She said it was really rocking the place. Uh, but and then I said to another usher on the way out, I'm like, hey, uh, just to let you know, uh, Joe let us up here just so we could have a look at you girls, right? He says that you're the best looking in the, in the building. The usher's up here on the top floor, and he wasn't lying. I told him that. But he said for us, definitely we could talk to you, but no touching, because he said he wanted to leave that for himself, eh? And the girl just laughed, you know, like, and I go, you know Joe, the elevator guy, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, I kind of know him, you know, I kind of know him, right? <laughs> and then, uh, so I, but I tell him, I said, Joe, I put in a good word for you. I think you got a shot with those girls up there, right? <laughs> and then uh, uh, Joe's like, what would I do with them, you know? I'm out of, he goes, I'm out of business, man. I can't do nothing with it, you know? He's just living the dream. He goes, that's a, those days are behind me. All I can do is buy her clothes. He goes, <laughs> at my age, that's all I'm going to do is buy her clothes. Get her a new <laughs> pair of shoes. Yeah, I ain't going to be doing nothing like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I had a great time the whole time, mate. Eh? So, oh, it's Like the security like guys were great. The ladies taking your ticket, the guys selling beer, the, yeah. everybody was like, it was a great environment, Good. fun atmosphere and really good that's nice so we get in a general mission and it's a is this a four thousand seat theater they don't have very much uh they don't have very much uh general mission no. which is good for me yeah perfect because yeah there's not but it was still enough and uh so the bottom right by the stage is flat and then you get you get a little bit up and then it starts to slope forward so we were right at the part where it went where it started to slope up which was actually strategic because we thought well we're in a better spot than if we were even halfway up right. closer because awesome. we're a full head above the person in front of us so we can see, see better right exactly it's perfect and um so when people would come through to try to like squeeze their way to the front like mm-hmm. all those you know when people are trying to be sneaky the and push stuff, move yeah in between songs so what i did because we had this little circle of trust that we built for ourselves <laughs> nice. we said we said hold the circle firm so that we can get this nice room we don't feel crowded right, right. So what happened was uh, these people would come through and they would crowd our circle. And so what I would do immediately would be just start to encourage them that they could make it to the front. Like, because I knew once they got in front of me. They're, they could go further. Then I have all the room back again, right? right? And then up there they're screwed, but I still get my room back again. Yeah. So they would come in and they would be like getting, they would come to right in front of me because I'm not fighting them because I want them to go forward. Mm-hmm. And then they'd sit there because it was easy. And I'd be like, no, 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 this isn't as this isn't where you want to end up. You want to end up up there at the front. Like, you can do it. There's lots of openings. I go, look at that opening right there. That's a perfect path right to the Egg front. On. You got to go. You got to yeah. go for it. You can do it. You're going to get right up and see him, right? <laughs> You'll touch his hand. You know, just talk like that. And then they go away. And then I'm like, thank God they're gone. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> this lady beside me from Toledo, Ohio, she was like, uh, you're really persuasive, eh? You really get those guys through. I'm like, I just don't want them standing that close to me. I need my room, right? Yeah, a little and bit of room. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. You know, like there's a crowd in me. And uh, she's like, I like it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, right? it's this, a veteran move. Yeah. Well, it's just you got to understand what they're up to, eh? You see guys coming in laterally. That's the sideways the, move. The sideways yeah. moves are sneaky because you don't see them coming. No. 
And it's a good move. I've used the sideways move many a times. It's an easier way to get through because it's non-threatening. Right. You're not p- pushing people from behind. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is non-threatening. Exactly. So there's this one. There's a, I was looking. I was standing in my spot. I'm looking to my right. I can look kind of like at my periphery, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and I, can just, I can just see out of my periphery. I can see this big pair of uh, breasts. Okay. Right? Breasts. Double Ds, maybe? Uh, I would say this is a solid C. Nice C. Right? A C. And natural breasts. Like you can see there's a bit of um, a sag. A bit of a ski slope to it. Yeah, a bit of a sag to it. But yeah. like, a, a, like a substantial breast mm-hmm. with, that with a, you know, like a good. Yeah, a nice handful. Handful, like a meaty breast, right? Perfect. It's out of my periphery. All I can see is the breast. I'm looking at, like, just where the angle with the, all the obstructions of the people and all the things that are going on, all I can see, it just catches my eye, this one breast. Okay. Right? Natural male instinct. Natural male instinct. I mm-hmm. look over at the breast. I, I, I look at it. I look up to the face, you know, to see what are we dealing what, with what's, here. Like, what's who, doing here? Who owns this breast, right? Mm-hmm. It turns out it was a uh, grotesque man. <laughs> and uh, he was... Uh, he was uh, overweight and balding, and uh, very, uh, very unappealing to the eye. Not unlike my friend Dave Cherry. So <laughs> I just slipped that in. <laughs> yeah, while we're talking about unappealing people. Oh. So um, I was like, Ugh, you know, like uh, I really felt dirty about myself. Like I felt like yeah. I've been like somehow fooled by you know, by something, and just the fact. But there was a no, no doubt. This tit that he had uh, was nice, substantial. Nice, I was excited about what was coming after until that. Yeah, it was a real disappointment to me, too. I guess so. I was trying to take people on the same ride that I went on. You know, that same <laughs> hey, same that emotional tit. journey where you see the tit, you get excited about the tit, and then you end like, ah, old man, I'm uh, gross. So anyways, we're sitting there, and the, show's, the, show, uh, the show starts. Well, I'll get back to that guy. So... <laughs> So we're up there. The opening band was Benjamin Booker. Benjamin Booker. So it was a three-piece band. There's a, a kid. Uh, they're kids. They're babies. Like, these guys are young. Like teeny boppers. They're just young-looking kids, right? Okay. Uh, awesome band. Like, really good rock and roll. Like, old, like, Ramones kind of rock and roll. Right I on. thought, like, uh, really set the tone for the night, like, as far as, like, we are going to have a rock show, you yeah. know? And I had, to see, I had listened to Jack White's performance in New York, I think, at the um, Hammerstein Bar. No. What room was it? The governor's governor's ballroom. Governor's ballroom. Yeah. And uh, it was very. He played a lot of uh, White Stripes material, but he did a lot of it uh, in a more of a country vein. Oh. Okay. So the it was a lot of the old uh, Rat Contours and and White Stripes and stuff, but it was uh, very country. You know, like he took um, uh, Dead Leaves and Dirty Ground and made like a bluegrass out of it. Really? Yeah. Like it was really interesting. Hmm. And some of them really hit. They were great, and other ones were, you know, you know. But I love the Hit fact that he was yeah. trying, right? Because, right. you know, at least then you're not listening to the album, that's for sure. Like, this guy's really being creative up there. Yeah, and you're getting cool. something that's unique for your experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was good. But I, I kind of, like, warned the guys. Like, I think this show might be a little bit more country than we're used to for a Jack White show. Because we'd all been to see Jack White a, 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 a few times, a few times yeah. right? And so uh, we get there. And then the opening band comes out very rock. And then I'm like, we're in Detroit. We're in Detroit, Rock, Rock City. Rock City, there you go. You know, like we're we're in the home, of like the birth of the White Stripes, where they started out with real, like where it was mostly rock. You know, it, it, yeah. They they put those other influences in afterwards, where you know it's right. more of the country and more of the other st- other stuff. But they were starting out rock and blues, you know. And uh, so uh, the show started. The 
the leads the lead uh, singer and guitar player was very Jimi Hendrix esque and like where a lot of feedback a lot of uh, they they jammed things out pedal work. for a lot yeah a lot of uh, drawn out like notes and stuff feed yeah it was great I mean yeah. it was really good the drummer was fantastic and the other guy was uh, was really awkward but uh, captivating you know like they were nice. a good band they yeah. they, they really Tight. did they did a half hour. Uh, did a, a very good job of it. Cool. Everybody was pleased with them. Crowd was good. Crowd was hot actually for him. And the so and, and most people were there already too. You know how you see the yeah, you see general people. mission was already packed and yeah. for the opener. You know, like and so like it was. You could tell this crowd came for a good night of music. And um, this was about eight thirty when the opener came okay. on. We were there like seven thirty when we were standing in our spot on the floor. And and uh, so and then we didn't. And then Jack, White, we're waiting for Jack White to come out now. Right. So we figured by so it's nine o'clock when the other band gets off. Nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So then like nine fifteen, we're thinking okay maybe sometime soon. Nine thirty rolls around, and now every song that ends by like nine thirty, the crowd starts uh, getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I kind of like from what I know of Jack White, from what I've been to in the shows and what I've read about kind of like his reputation and stuff like that. I'm like he doesn't want to come out when we want him to come out you know like he does he's not he going to want to do what everyone expects him to do he's right. going to want to make some sort of an entrance you know like he's going to he's a showman he wants to make sure that it's something outside of the ordinary mm -hmm. so i'm trying to guess what he's going to do to open it yeah everyone is you know like everyone in our group is trying to figure out what he's going to open with who's how he's going to do it you know so you got like uh like a half an hour of guessing this is what he's going to do. I, that's that's cool. Yeah, that's it's just kind of like, yeah. you know, you're just shooting this shit. Now he's going to do it, yeah. So he comes out every song that ends, and they're playing all rap music, right? Oh, really? Yeah, all rap, all old, uh, mostly old rap. They got a DJ up there. It's like the whole night's rap music, and then, like, the the bands are ro ro uh, rock, rock, of course, but yeah. the... The DJ's just In playing between. old Biggie Smalls and Snoop and uh, Easy and and uh, who else do they play? Dr. Like, Dre, any? Yeah, Dr. Dr. Dre and nice. all that kind of stuff. A lot of like New York rap too. It yeah. wasn't even like uh, it wasn't even or, or California rap, but it wasn't Detroit stuff, no. right? Anyways, Paul, my, or my brother was kind of like asking about like what is this, and my explanation was twofold. You, I can tell you, ask you what you think. Okay. Like uh, one, my one theory was. Well, it's is a this is an African American theater. There's no question about it, and this is their house, and they play their music. Like maybe they just said like play your house music, and the they have a house DJ that plays his house DJ stuff or whatever. Right. You know, the hometown music or not hometown, yeah, but, but like, uh, house, yeah, like you said, house it's music. their it's it's their they can play whatever music wants. Their place, right? Right. So, uh, and then the other theory was is that you don't want to like show yourself up with you know, playing music in the same genre, that's bet that's as good as yours is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you're gonna play rock music, you're gonna want to play rock music you like. Yeah. And then you're gonna, and then it could it could really be better than yours. That, that's I, I always find that problem is I have a hard time. Not that we do it often, but with our little band, we yeah. If you play, you know, like Led Zeppelin before you play, you're like you're never gonna live up to that or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, no, for for Jack White, I mean, that, it's it's hard to say. A lot I've seen bands do, uh, like they'll play, kind of what they're into. Like I seen a band, a rock band, do a Motown before they played, and I actually thought it was really cool. It really worked out because 
you were feeling great. You had a nice kind of feel, and all of a sudden, boom, they hit the stage. This yeah. rock show it was awesome. So, yeah, maybe they're just trying to set the mood. Like, maybe that's what they thought would get the crowd going. I, yeah, another guy in my say. group had a theory that he said, if you notice, they're not just playing the rap songs, but the DJ's throwing an extra beat in there, so it sounds a little off. That's okay. what he was telling me. I don't know. I didn't hear it. Hmm. And I go, uh, he goes, that's because it's going to make the bounce band sound better because they're going to sound all like they're on it, and they got the music a little off now. So when we hear it on, it's going to sound, sound awesome. even more, even better. Which whatever. is what I totally wonder if that's, how did the opening act sound compared to, did they do, did they do that to the opening band? Well, uh, well, they did. They did have the rap before them and stuff like that. And then right. when the opening band came out, I got, to, I think, for when I'm in a theater show, I don't notice the difference very much between the opener and the, except no, for the light show and everything. Right, right. Like, there was no fanfare for these guys, but they had, the stage was lit up with white lights, and they, you could see the band well, mm -hmm. and the band sounded great. Right. So. Um, so, I don't think that anything they were doing, you know, you go to an arena show or something like that, they have everything set up specifically for, for the. That's what, I guess that's what I was getting at, is that. Yeah, at arena, it's it's all towards the headliner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the the opener, which usually opener is a decent opener. Yeah, yeah. They get screwed, and then it's just like you said. Then you hear the opener come out, or the sorry, the headliner come out, and they sound. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, they're so good! Like they're so much better than that other band. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it was the case with these guys because well, I nice. think Jack that's White good. was probably unthreatened by right. the, these well, young of course guys. He yeah. Is. yeah, and uh, but they were. They sounded great. Like I think Good. they also play a similar genre, like a similar style, because mm -hmm. it was like that feedbacky, you know, yeah. um, guitar, heavy guitar stuff, and yeah. you know, g a g really fast drums. Yeah. Like, the drummer was really good in that band. So I think that the sound, that maybe the sound setup was mm -hmm. similar for both. So it wasn't, it, it complemented them. Oh, like Jack cool. White's setup maybe complemented this band. Yeah, maybe they threw the rap in there just to break up the rock night you know Who yeah knows? it's interesting yeah. though because i looked at it, it from cool. like it's from cool. the show from the show perspective when you put it on the show like is there is that is that uh, deliberate or is it just like whatever your, you know your guess is good as mine yeah. to be honest with you i've heard everything so who knows so the crowd was doing this where they would have like one song come out and uh they would like they would be like they start a rap song and the crowd would be like ah oh, you know disappointed that the show's not starting okay. right and then they would we'd listen to the next so that song, and then that song would end, and then you'd hear the crowd start to cheer, and then it would be quiet for a bit, and then another rap song, right? <laughs> you know, and then everyone's like, ah. Oh, Did right? they like delay it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were really? told, every pause between them seemed to get longer. You oh, know? I don't know if it yeah. was, but it seemed like that. So the the, the finally they, it's like past nine thirty now. It's probably nine thirty five, you know, nine forty or something like that. Mm -hmm. The crowd's like getting a little bit antsy because they're like, "What the hell?" You know, like it's been uh, more than a, it's been like over a half hour since the last band was off. You know, mm -hmm. they, and then the song it's quiet, and then a rap song starts again. The crowd just like, ugh, like that. They're they're playing the song halfway through the rap song. The stage has been drawn. They have like. Um, the band, the opening band was out, and then they drew this curtain, kind of like if you're in a hospital and they have that curtain that goes around a bed. Oh, okay. It yeah. kind of went around the whole stage like that. Right. So they drew the curtain so they could set up the stage, and we didn't see it. And then, uh, so halfway through this rap song, the last disappointing one, um, <laughs> the uh, Jack White just kind of like pushes his face out from the curtains and is already in the middle of, I think he opened with um, Fell in Love with a Girl. 
Really? Right? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So it just comes, comes barreling through the curtain and doon, 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 and he kind of like like moves it with his, the neck of his guitar kind of thing. And he comes out? And he's like coming out, and then there's like the roadies are kind of busy moving this the thing. Like So it was actually a bit of a sloppy opening, to be honest with you, and didn't get the pop he would have got if the curtains would have opened, and then, like, and then the band would have walked out, and then they would have paused, and then the crowd, and then and then Jack would have came out like ten seconds later, and the crowd would have went completely apeshit right. because they have that anticipation, you know. Oh yeah. When it's all coming, that the crowd would have popped the biggest for that. But when the when it sprung open like that, and then everybody had to, they were halfway through into this rap song, song. <laughs> yeah. to being already the show's going on. Like there was no prep. Like you just were thrown into it. It was a. Uh, it, even though it was a sloppy opening and they didn't get the pop they would have got otherwise, right. I think it was uh, cool. It was cool. It was different than, yeah. and it, it served its purpose of like uh, throwing us off, off guard a bit. Like it wasn't what you see every time you go to a show. He right? Did what the showman would do, right? Yeah, showman, right? He's a little bit of showmanship, which you, I, I loved. Right? Did you like? Yeah, I was. That's what I was gonna ask. Did you like being thrown right in? Because especially a song like that, it's fast paced, right? Like you're right into it. Oh yeah, yeah. So did you get? You were talking about your comfort area. Did that all of a sudden become closed down? Because I've had that before. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. It was all right. It's unbelievable, and I think this way with uh, with with uh, I've I've seen Jack White now. I saw him with the White Stripes on the Icky Thump uh, Icky Thump tour. Mm-hmm. Easy for me to say. Icky Thump. That's a Dutch in you. <laughs> and uh, I saw him with uh, Rock on Tours, a lot of I saw him at um, which that was a big crowd, and we were right up at the front for that too. Yeah. And I saw him with uh, Dead Weather at the Cool House, and I saw him. Uh, then I saw him last year in Toronto at the Sony Center for nice. uh, with uh, with Jack White uh, uh, two different times. And every time you're in general, or every time you're in a, like a festival type setting, um, for some reason uh, with Jack White shows, people are fairly respectful. It's Good. still a dancing show. Okay. Even if you look at the pictures online. And you see the front row mm-hmm. in the middle of the show. Those guys are smiling and laughing and carrying it on against the rail. Yeah. Where normally if you're against the rail at a oh. heavy rock show, you are getting pressed so hard you hate it. You're uncomfortable. Like you can't breathe. You can't breathe. You're sweating. Yeah, you want out of there. Yeah, people are crowd surfing to get out. Right. You know? And uh, it just it didn't seem that way. People no. were just kind of nice to each other. Yeah. Because, I've, yeah, I've been at a show... Uh, it was a band, Rusty, actually, and buddies of mine, we were there. And all of a sudden, they come out, just like you said, Jack White came out. Just all of a sudden, they popped out on the stage, and boom, they went right into one of the songs. And I've never been pushed so hard to the front of the stage in my life. But you know what? Honestly, it was probably my one of my most favorite crowd concerts. Like, it was a rock show. It was awesome. Yeah. It's neat that you said we that. We were talking. I'm just picturing that when you say that yeah, Jack like, came out like that. The worst one for us was... Um, Lollapalooza 2007, we went and saw Rage Against the Machine. Oh, jeez. And uh, my friend, uh, Dave, uh, the rooster, the Charters, rooster. yeah, the man that writes the show, the music for Life from Dutch Hall. The he, legend. Yeah, he, he, oh, shit, it's already 42 minutes and I haven't even done the show yet. Yeah. So, uh, but Charters ended up, uh, we, we, he went up to, to see Rage by himself. And I saw our friends, I was watching uh, the Toadies. Mm, one and, of my favorites. And I went, uh, I watched that show by myself, and then I met up with my friends. I said, where's Dave? And they said, well, he's gone up to the front for Rage Against the Machine. I go, who's with him? They nobody. I said, you guys are crazy. You know, he's going to get killed Can't up there. Can't leave him there, yeah. So I went up to go save my buddy, and uh, I got up. This is before the show started. I go to the front, and uh, I can't get to Dave. I can see him, but I can't get to him because it's already so jam-packed with people you can't 
progress further to the oh. to you, the front. So you can see him, but you can't get. I to can him. see him. No, he's busy. Made a new friend up there, and they have a bottle of rum, and he's getting it people to pass it to me, like way down. So really? we get like a hundred people to pass the bottle, pass the bottle, yeah. and then I get it, take a, a sip, and then pass it back. You know. Right. Anyways, when Rage comes out, the before they came out, they all of a sudden they just play this big like air raid siren. Okay. As soon as the air raid siren plays. Um, you thought you were packed. You thought you had no room to move. Like, I couldn't get to Dave. Right. As soon as the air raid siren packed, it, literally, like, you moved, whether you liked it or not, like right. 200 feet forward, and it just, you were at the will of the crowd. You And you can't do any, I've been in a few of those. You can't do anything. No. Just ride it out. You ride it out. Oh. Like, it was like, it was on, I had never experienced anything like it. It's like, intense. And then when they started playing, it was, like, even crazier. <laughs> oh. And you would just go with it, like, honestly, like a tidal wave. You yeah. just kind of, like, and I remember it was this big, giant guy, you know, big bruise, like a football player or something like that, big, big black guy. And he's, and me and him just happened to be in the same kind of wave, like, we were getting pushed together. You're right. So, like, there was times where I get knocked down and he would, like, pull me up. Oh, and there was yeah. times he get knocked down I pull him up. Because you don't want to let anyone no, on the ground. No, it's nice for, to have people like that. Yeah. yeah. It was good, too, because you have a, you know, a bigger guy that you yeah. could, could actually get you off the ground if you needed it. <laughs> And I remember one time I got thrown in these poor women. Like, I, they, I got thrown in, and, like, my, my hands are, like, like just because the way I was thrown in, I had to, like, stop myself from hitting the too hard, and my hands were kind of on my chest. Mm -hmm. So they went into the girl's chest, and my hands are on her breasts, you know? Just and my face is, like, nose to nose with this girl, and my hands are on her breasts, right? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't want me to touch you, you know? But there's no way. She's like, it's okay. And the next thing you know, boom, you're gone you're from her yeah. again. It's like a quantum leap or something. Yeah. You just, like... You're with one person, then boom, you're with another. Totally. With another. Three songs of that, and they had to stop the show because people were getting hurt and stuff. And then uh, really? they said, everyone take 15 steps back, take 15 steps back. Have we told the story on the air before? I don't think so. And um, and say, okay, everyone cool? Everyone cool? That Zach guy who's going, yeah, everyone cool? Rocha. And he goes, uh, we got to save this stuff for the streets. We got to take care of each other. Save yeah. it for the streets. I don't know what that means. Like, you're allowed to, like, crush each other on the streets, but not at a concert. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> then he goes, take another step, 10 steps back. Take another 10 steps back. So we do it. And he goes, okay, we can take, we got, they're going to cancel our show, guys. You know, we have to take care of each other, you know. And then he goes, okay, this next song is called Bullet in the Head. Where I'm like, God damn it. Here we go. Learn a ballad. Yeah. <laughs> no ballads in that <laughs> you set list. son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got out of there after that. That was all I could take. And yeah. I had to go through two mosh pits to get out of that nonsense, right? To go. Crazy. So, anyways, that before be we get back to uh, Detroit, let's do something else. Why wouldn't we? There's one thing we got to do. You know what it is, Mike? No, what is it, Pete? I'm not sure what it is. Well, it's a segment on our show that we like to call Feedback. Oh, that old chestnut. We got feedback. We got feedback. <laughs> feedback. Welcome to Feedback We Got Feedback. This week's Feedback We Got Feedback is brought to you by Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. If you go to Live from the Dutch Hall website, www.livefromthedutchhall.com, and you click on the, any of my millions of Amazon banners I have for all kinds <laughs> of different services just to beg and plead you to buy anything from it so that I can get a few bucks to help make the show better, I would like to thank everyone who has bought from Amazon for me this week because I do have... I do have some uh, some incredible news. Uh, you guys have bought some stuff from me, and I really appreciate it. Amazon.ca has come into business now, and now right. I'm, I am literally rolling in dough. 
if you guys think that I was rich before, well, you will you will be amazed at how rich I am now. I'm going to give you the the grand total. I think last time I updated you on my my incredible earnings, oh, yeah. I was at five dollars or five dollars and two cents, I think. Okay. Well, we have a new total, everybody. Where let's, are we do, at? let's do the roll. There he goes. All right. Ready? I don't know. Eight dollars and fifty-four cents. Wow. Wow, we. Thank you, thank you. This is all to the generous and great support of my listening audience, and I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you that purchased uh, your stuff from Amazon.ca. And honestly, if you are doing it, it's as simple as just clicking on my site to get in, and the money does all go back right into the show to help make it better. So thank you sincerely for everyone who has helped. Uh, I'd also like to welcome all our new listeners uh, to the show. This week we had new listeners from Bangalore, India, Sterling, Ontario, Dundas, Ontario, New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, Sunnyvale, California, Hayward, California, and Oakland, California. So welcome to Live from the Dutch Hall. Hey, now. <laughs> That's all my, uh, a lot of California this week. It was a lot of California. Oak maybe Town. It, maybe it was, uh, yeah, Oaktown. Oakland, eh? Like right the on. real. Straight up G's. Yeah. No, I know. I love it. I feel like I got some real street cred. I like Not it. Not only am I big with the little people community, but I think I might be getting big with the African-American community. And I di- remember I didn't say the F, the homosexual yeah. F word there. We're going to be okay with them. I, I think. think I'm good with them. I think you I are. I think I'm going to really have the, like, the United Colors of Benetton audience, like the full collection of uh, all the different things to show my tolerance for mankind. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Oh, I'm just a great person, Mike. It's, the world is interesting. <laughs> you are a great person. <laughs> Thank you. So... Uh, <laughs> So last week's show was uh, episode 30, which is a real milestone. I never thought, oh. you know, I need to get 30 under the belt. Anything with yes, zero on the end of it. So uh, we had Tom Bowen in. We talked about weed and midget penises, I think is what we called it. A great guest. And uh, so a lot of the feedback we had was that it was very informative. Very informative, many people said. A lot of people said uh, we're, we're going on about how there's a lot of information most people weren't talking about any jokes. They weren't saying about anything was funny or anything. They were saying that anything was very informative. So I, I, I think they meant it as, I don't know what they meant, it meant it as a compliment or as a, it was a honest feedback, so I appreciate it. Um, but I, it was, I, I really appreciated Tom coming over. I was, it was a late night. We were there here pretty, pretty darn late because yeah. we had a, a big evening before that and, okay. and, and rocked that thing at, at late at night. So uh, thank you everyone for the feedback. Uh, one piece of feedback I got this week, which was I really like to, to uh, talk about, and it is um, it is a, um, uh, a one of the reasons why I picked my listener of the week this week is oh. because of this piece of feedback. It was a video that was sent for me from California by our good friends in uh, California, and I also have an announcement to make about them. Uh, they had sent me a video of their daughter, who is our listener of the week this week, Catherine Rowan. Uh, rocking out to the Life from the Dutch Hall theme song. Uh, Catherine is about, uh, what, uh, two or three years old. I think probably two and a half or something okay. years old. Uh, strumming away on an air guitar. It's a beautiful the theme sight. song of uh, Life from the Dutch Hall. I've asked the parents if I can put it on my uh, Facebook page, but I don't want to put a, a video of someone else's kid without getting the parents' permission. Well played. So, uh, but, and then at the end, when, the, uh, when, the, when our wonderful uh, canned audience kicks in with her applause, she's, she's in her car seat in the back of the car applauding like crazy. One of the cutest kids. Honestly, she might be, she looks like a doll, doesn't she? Yeah, like, she looks it, almost like not real. She's so cute. Pete showed me uh, before the show here, and it's something to see. It's, it's a real uh, treat. So I hope, I hope they'll let us show you because she's just cute as a button, and she is our listener of the week. So thank you very much, Catherine Rowan. 
That's for you, babe. So, and also, well, I have to say, her parents are making the commute down from California, from, uh, I think, uh, I think they're, are they in San Mateo or whatever, wherever they are? Northern California. Uh, they're going Cali. From, from Northern California uh, to, to the Dutch Hall here in Pine Grove, Ontario. That's a To hike. be on a show in August. I think it's August 21st or 22nd, whenever that Thursday is. Awesome. They will be our guests on Live from the Dutch Hall. So, we'll have California Dream and guests. So, two very interesting expatriates of of uh, Canada that are living now in California. So a lot of great things cool. to talk about coming up in August. Yeah, that's neat. Right on. And uh, so what do you got? We got feedback. We talked about how rich I am. We talked about our new listeners. We have our listener of the week. The only thing that we have left to she do it. is to talk to our good buddy. Ah. <laughs> Haitian Dwarf time. So, as is, as it is every week, we get uh, feedback from our most dedicated uh, listener of all, the Haitian Dwarf. My boy. And uh, this week was no different. The Haitian Dwarf gave us a review of uh, episode 30, Tom Bowen. He gave it five stars, as always, five stars, except for except for at the beginning when it was when our show wasn't as good as it is now. Yeah, he's honest. And, uh, and so that's what I mean. When he gives you five stars, it's not to be taken lightly. No. He would he'd give you four if he thought it was deserving of four. Correct. So his feedback this week is as, as followed. A highly entertaining and informative piece. See how he, sa- he said it was entertaining, though, this time. But he also threw in informative. Yeah, that's good. A lot of information there. Yeah. I learned more about penises and weed than I ever thought I would ever need to know. <laughs> the fans of the podcast are really starting to get some insight into Pete's true desires. Oh. So thank you very much, Jason Dwarf. <laughs> I got to tell you something about that last comment, Haitian Dwarf. What do you think about it? Uh, I think it was a bit of, I think he's only got it half right. <laughs> and I'll give you a hint over which half he's got it right. I don't like penises, Mike. I don't like them at all. I never thought you did. I don't even like my own. It's hideous. <laughs> There's nothing good about it. I don't like it. But I have it. I know it's just my cross to bear, and I'm going to deal with this thing for the rest of my days. I'm not going to be doing anything rash or anything like that. I, I, I like having it. Don't get me wrong. I just find it to be hideous. It's fine to be unappealing to the eye, just like my friend Dave Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair enough. Yeah. Why can't you say something like that? But, anyways, the we, the I don't. I think he was calling. He was uh, questioning my sexuality in that. Uh, I think he was too, and I think yeah. you set him straight. I'm all man, Mike. Uh, not to say that uh, that my my fans in the in the homosexual community aren't, uh, of course, all uh, all men as well. Oh, they're men. Especially the. Lesbians? Is that what you're saying, Mike? <laughs> no, I'm not saying no. anything. No. I just said they're men. They're men. But I'm, all I'm saying is I'm a married man, and I'm not a staunch Catholic like my friend Dave, but I'm a Catholic nonetheless. Right. You're a married man. Has the Haitian dwarf seen your wife? Oh, man. No, he hasn't. Well, I don't think he has. Maybe that'll straighten him out. That's another thing about this Haitian dwarf. You know, there's a lot of people suspect he's not a dwarf at all or even Haitian. They think he's made up the whole thing. And I have people weekly, weekly tell me, who really? is this guy? Who is this guy? I said, I don't know. You know as much as I do. Another people, you know what else people said about hey, a feedback last week? What did they say? They said that uh, Ice Girl 60, you know Ice Girl 60, she was a listener of the week a couple weeks back, and uh, she sent me a picture of her doing the happy dance. And has, uh, Did you see it on Twitter? Yeah, I got her on Twitter. Yeah, she's a uh, show. And she sent that one picture of herself. The only picture on Twitter that I've seen that mm-hmm. she's actually put out of herself, right. normally it's of others, and uh, she happens to be a little person and a very talented dancer, right? I only have one picture to go on. Yep. That's what I go on. That's what we assume. 
I put all week. I got to listen to people say, you know, she's not really a little person. She's not really. I go, why, why in heaven's name would my audience lie to me like that? If I don't have trust in them, <laughs> then I have nothing. Well, so I got to tell you all these skeptics and all these non-believers. Is it so hard to believe that maybe just little people love Pete Van Dyke? Is it? It's not. I don't think They're it beautiful, is. Beautiful, beautiful people. Well, that's feedback. We got feedback this week, and I, and if you'd like to continue to support the show, please go on go on uh, iTunes, and give me a give me give me a review. I haven't had one in a while, other than from the Haitian Dwarf. And uh, also, what you could do is uh, uh, reach out to me at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail dot com and uh, give me some more feedback for next next week's segment, and uh, tell me about anything that. Uh, you have going on if you want me to give you a plug. And uh, I'm always looking for sponsorship, too. We're kind of close to doing a sponsorship deal with this other company, but I feel a little dirty about it mm -hmm. because of the uh, – I'd have to take commercials that aren't mine. Like, So I have to – You're selling out a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, well. I'm struggling with it, Mike. So. It's borderline, isn't uh, it? I don't know. For the amount of – what you get from it, I still don't want to make it sound like it's just right. a hour-long commercial. I just – I feel bad enough squeezing in the Amazon plug that I do. <laughs> but uh, – the one thing I did last week in last week's feedback segment was I plugged the gig that you, you're going to be playing at this week. Okay. Um, this weekend, Sunday. Sunday, 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 August 3rd. At Turkey Point Marina. So if you park in the marina and you go down A Channel, there will be an area where they're have, you're going to have everything set up. And Correct. what I forgot to mention last week is that this concert, which takes place at Turkey Point Marina this Sunday, August the 3rd, I think. You got it. It is... Uh, it's for charity. It's for Lon London Children's Hospital. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. And the it says right in the uh, bio for the event. If I can get, if I can get this up here. Come on, Pine Grove Internet. Yeah, no, it's up. It's up. It says you have been invited to join us at the Dock Party of the Year. We will be having the famous, the famous Mike Bow. It says that's on a limb. And Dave Charters. So it makes <laughs> it. It says right here. I'm not kidding. This is what it says. We will be having the famous Mike Bow and Dave Charters. <laughs> <laughs> do an acoustic set at 4.30, followed by the Mushy Peas at 7. They will be performing along a row in the grassy area. BYOB, bring your own booze and yeah. bring your own lawn chair. We will be taking donations and we'll ask you to bring a little cash, and all the donations will be going to Turkey Point Marina's Charity of Choice, which is the London Children's Health Foundation. Uh, parking's limited, so park up at the main marina and uh, walk back. It should be a great day for everyone. Yep. Uh, you can find this ad on Facebook, and if anyone is uh, looking for something to do on Sunday, it go, every pro, all proceeds go to a good cause, and it's going to be a heck of a good time for all ages, family and everything. You're going to keep the F words to a minimum on this show? <laughs> We're going to try. We're yeah. going to try. It's a family-friendly uh, family environment we're trying to create down there at the boat dock, so we'll see what happens down there. It could get wild. You never know. It's during the day, though, so we'll try to keep it as clean as we can. Oh, it's going to be a great show. It's yeah. going to be a great show. So thank you very much for uh, – I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to promote it again. So. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, it's, the guys had a good idea, so we're going to throw together just a fun day, and let's hopefully everybody that can comes out and has a great time. That's all it's about. All right, so I just wanted to uh, – we're actually already at our hour, eh? We're pretty close to the hour, but if we – the only thing I, I wanted to talk about was the show itself. Yeah, we got to Because we didn't even talk about no, the show. That's uh, – I like how you talk about the pre and how you take everything in because I think – I think you got to enjoy the whole – I don't know what you call it, the – 
the everything of going the going to it, the cab rides. Yeah. It's it's so key to well, your whole even, experience. We drove down. We as a three hour drive down a boring ass highway. That's the worst. Oh, and so we're the sitting worst. there saying, well, "What are we going to do to get there?" And I'm like, "We're sitting in the back. We got, we pack a couple little coolers." Yeah. And uh, and I'm drinking beer in the back of the car. I don't care. That's illegal, right? Yeah. That's stupid. It is because stupid. the driver. That's nothing to do with the driver. No. I gotta go three hours on a boring long road in the back of a shitty little car. Yeah. And I can't have a beer if I want to have a beer on. A, it has nothing to do with the driver. No. So driver's good to go. I don't see why that rule. That rule's dumb. So I don't follow it. <laughs> Try to, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. Pete. A long trip like that, but well, I, I was saying the whole t- the whole thing was fun. We're talking music yeah. on the way down. We're yeah, getting excited. Cool. Old shows we've been to. Remember that? Remember that? It's yeah. great. The whole the whole experience is great. The show is almost that sometimes like it's 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 a it's a great piece of art you're watching. Like right. accomplished uh, world class performers and all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's wonderful. But the show's almost a bit of a letdown because you build it up, you get so excited, you build it up, and then the reality is your back hurts really bad. You're you got some sweaty like Tits McGee's sitting T- in, yeah. now somehow sidled in front of you. This Who big is man. Sweaty. Yeah, he was way over on my right. <laughs> and then by the halfway through the show, I'm like, what? There's this smelly, like sweaty thing that's right in front of me. He's managed to kind of sidle his way over. Yeah. And I got Tits McGee right in front of me the whole time, and I keep like pushing him with my Forearm, and forearm. I'd find beer cans that were underneath, and I'd, like, kick him into his foot, like, just to say, like, get out of my space, you know? <laughs> I kept trying to push him into the Toledo to get her, get him out of there because he's, like, really grossing me out. He's all soaked, you know, just from standing there. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but the show itself was yeah. f- was phenomenal. The guy played, Jack White came out and said probably about 20 to 10. Okay. He played till 12.20 at night Holy at least. Cow. That is unbelievable. Uh, 35 songs he played. He played... Um, I like in the set list, when they put the set list on the next day, he said he played White Stripes covers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't call them White Stripes songs. He's a White Stripe cover because it's Jack it's White him. playing the White Stripes cover. Respect. You know, uh, Tours covers and uh, Dead Weather covers. Right. But he also did a Hank Williams cover. He did a uh, Beck, Devil's Haircut. He did uh, the Lemon Song by Zeppelin. All over the map. He did... Um, a lot of songs from the new album, you yeah. know, and a uh, lot of songs from the uh, first one, too. Like, uh, it just 35 songs. I mean, he just played and played and played. And um, really, really seemed to be getting into it. My favorite part about it was the fact that his family was at side stage. And my vantage point to this, I could see them from the side stage. Really? So I think his mom was there. Um, there was a bunch of kids that were there. Yeah. One time, the kid came out and gave him a hug in the middle of him playing a song. And then... Strum gave his guitar a strum and then ran back. Holy cow. And I assume that was his kid just because this is my deductive reasoning. I know Jack White was married to a woman that was a model. She was very fair skinned. Yes, she red was. Red hair. Yes. Right? Red hair. Correct. You know, a, a beautiful woman. Uh, she, and then so this child that I saw, also red hair. Fair skinned. Well, he's dressed, and he was dressed like a Amish. You know, like suspenders and okay. the whole thing. When Jack White dresses Amish, his wife had red hair, right? And I, I don't know. I didn't see a tan. He didn't look like uh, <laughs> George Hamilton or whatever. He just looked <laughs> he looked uh, yeah, pasty as I could see or whatever. So I was assuming that was his kid, but maybe it was a niece and nephew or maybe it was a nephew or something like that. I don't know. But in my brain, I can just base my opinions of things based on pure fantasy. I was his son. Sure was and it was his mother. Yep. And, in, and it was his sisters up there or whatever. And uh, I like the fact that the kids, even the kids, they would go through times where they'd be dancing to some of the songs. 
And then there'd be times where they're plugging their ears, you know, and they just didn't like it. Oh, the really? times where they're trying to have a, a, like a nap or whatever. Like, they were unimpressed, and then they were impressed, you know. But they were as impressed with Jack White as as your nephews would be impressed with, with you screwing yeah. around the campfire totally. with them, you know. Yeah, like totally plugged their ears. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> they yeah. like it. Sometimes when they're feeling into it, and other times they're like, this is annoying. Up, or yeah. most... And it just it goes to show... I just thought it was really cool to see that human element of it. Like, That's sometimes... Nice. He'd be playing to side stage rather than playing to us. Like he'd be playing for his mom. Mm -hmm. At one point, he came out and he was talking about, he made this, this shout out to Ted Nugent and he said, Ted motherfucking Nugent, right? And then, uh, and then he, he, he motioned to side stage and said, Sorry, mom, you know? Because yeah. he swore, swore out loud to everybody, right? And uh, I just thought that was kind of nice. And then uh, you just kind of see the whole, like, you know, he, even though you're a rock star and a great artist and all that stuff, you're still. A human being. You know, like yeah. the stuff, I could see so much uh, parallels to what he was doing and what, you know, we do in our day-to-day -day lives. I thought that was really neat because yeah. it kind of brought it down to how this stuff seems like fantasy to people. Right. Or it seems like an unattainable goal, but it's real people that do it. It's totally. just like average. And know, I think that's what's the coolest about shows is that now you have those, men, like, that's your show, right? Now, yeah. You know, that's the way you saw it. Yeah. And... However you take that show in, that's the little intricacy, intri I can't even say the word. Yeah. <laughs> intricacies. Intricacies that, uh, you know, that make that show special to you. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, And yeah. that's the whole key, not just playing the album. Yeah. Front to back. Like, those are the little things you'll remember. For yeah, years, yeah, yeah. Right? That's cool. And the the feel of the show was very rock and roll. It wasn't the country at all. It was rock. Which, right out of the gate Did you like rock. that better? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was fitting. I mean, yeah. we were in that, in Detroit. Like, they had a little country segment where they played that Hank Williams song, and they yeah. played, uh, well, even they did Hotel Yorba, which I've seen him go country on a lot, like, where it's a pretty country song to begin with, mm -hmm. and then, but he, they really rocked it out at the end, cool. and, uh, you know that song, um, well, you don't know what love is, you just, just do as you're you told. told, you know yeah. that one? Yeah. Also very country, right? But yeah. they rocked the shit out of that one, and made it, uh, like, really extended it, and changed it up. Yeah. Like, when you talk about doing covers of White Stripes songs, it's true. I mean, it's a full band. You have uh, right. you have all kinds of, you have uh, violins and, and stand-up basses and all this stuff. Like, it's not, White Stripes was a two-piece band. Yeah. So, like, they, they, they can take these, these, the White Stripes is almost like the shell of the song. The idea, yeah. And then the, what they do with it now that he's got a full band is they make it into a, a like, kind of a masterpiece. Yeah, that's like, cool. It was really neat. And, and I know if we were to go... According to Judy, our cab driver, Judy, okay, Judy. we went to the her. wrong show. Well, why is we, that? Well, she told me, she goes, because she goes, how was the show? I said, well, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. Judy says, well, you should have, you, you know what you should have been? You should have been here on Monday when he was at the, when he was at the Fox. Okay. Yeah, that was a good show. No traffic. <laughs> so better, better for Judy. <laughs> better for Judy, yeah. No traffic. And then I go, really? And I go, okay, well, I just, like, slept off. Then she kept saying it over and over again. No, you should have gone down to the, this show here. And we drove past the theater, and she's like, this is where you should have been Monday night. This is what he was tearing it up. Right? Meanwhile, go, she's outside in a cab. I go, were you at the show? No, but I could hear it. I could hear it outside. And this is a guy that was tearing it up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways if you read the reviews of that show he was actually kind of pissy at the crowd because they he? weren't into it yeah. and then uh and he was quite the opposite at our show we got actually got the better show of the two i think good it was fantastic anyways bravo jack white 
That's awesome. Uh, it was a terrific show. The one thing I did want to mention I didn't get a chance to was like the floor. We're on we're on the, the first floor, and when he came out to do the on when he I remember his, uh, when he came out to do the encore, especially and then even the last song he did Seven Nation Armies what he closed with, and. Uh, the floor was bouncing so much that you you thought you were going we were going through. Because like, it's such an old building. It's an old building. Yeah. We're on the we're really not on the ground floor. Yeah. We're on a second so wood you could floor. Feel it. Oh, it it was bouncing like it, you were just standing there and you're. It was like it was a trampoline kind of thing. Like it was so much give to the floor. It was unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it was rock. It was just a. It was part all part of it. Like you right. could feel the floor moving. You could feel the speakers in your chest. You could feel you know. Yeah. Uh, I still can't hear right. Yeah, you that's know? <laughs> usually a good sign if you can't hear for the next day and you feel that thud in your chest still. And that's another cool. thing that he did that was really cool was when, uh, because we were, we were, I think he said, south of the 10th mile. Right. And he said uh, he knew his crowd that he was talking to was not the crowd that lived south of the 10th mile. Okay. Like the people that paid their 60 bucks a ticket or in most cases 130 from StubHub or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you, um, you, they aren't the people that live in the community and work in that theater, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so he was sitting there saying, uh, he, he took a point to say, it's, it's nice for you guys to come south of the 10 mile, uh, take it in, look how nice this is down here, you know? He said, uh, tell all your friends and start sinking some money into this place. It's like start playing the game. It's you know we can really fix this up. You Pump know? this place up. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that's really good. You know, for a, like a a guy to still be taking care of his hometown, and for a town of Detroit that's going through that sort of trouble, that's exactly what it needs. The the names we wrote out, we read out at yeah, the beginning of the it's show. Unbelievable. It's got a great musical history in that town. And you want to know why they have so many great musicians in that town? Because they had a guy with vision that like Barry Gordy from Motown, who made it a music scene, and then people were able to excel in it right? right but if there was no one with vision in detroit those great artists like Smokey robinson and and stevie wonder and aretha franklin could have gone unnoticed right. they could have never would have been heard playing a shithole bar in that yeah. town forever and never been heard right so sometimes it's the person with the vision that just gives people the uh forum to excel right. is what makes makes great things happen and makes makes those sure. communities great and sure. i i think detroit can achieve the heights of their past if they just uh just kind of like do it for themselves yeah. right you know yeah. so just believe that they can do it yeah yeah we can do the same thing here mm -hmm. so um anyways i just wanted to thank all my listeners again we didn't end on a joke i could uh i don't think i got one let me see no nah, i just think oh i'll tell you about a hooker story okay before <laughs> you tell me a hooker okay. story what was your favorite song of the night if you could pick one uh i would say that my absolute uh, ball and a biscuit. Ball and a biscuit. Nice. Ball and a biscuit was good. I liked it a lot, and I liked Devil's haircut. Yeah, I didn't cool. see it coming. I didn't see it no, coming. Yeah, I would never. It think was that. mid song too. He switched into Devil's haircut, cool. and it was like blew my mind because I didn't see it coming. Because I like I like that when you see, hear a cover out of nowhere because you get to see uh, what kind of fans they are of other people's music. Right. Like I knew Hank Williams, you know, it's a classic, right? Like a, that guy's a legend, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Jack White would like Hank Williams, like saying like a Loretta Lynn or, yeah. you know, like a, they're Makes legends, sense. right? Yeah. But it, when you say you like someone your age or younger, you know, like a peer, mm -hmm. you know, that's a real compliment. You know, yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, oh, and also I, I didn't mention that. Uh, can, the, who's your guy? Dean. Dean. Dean Furtada. Dean Furtada. Furtida. 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 Dean Furtida and Allison Mosshart. Mm-hmm. 
from Dead, Dead Weather, Weather and, yeah. and uh, well, Dean Fertitta's from um, Queens, of Queens of Stone Age, and he actually toured with Rack on Tours as well. Right. Alison Mossart's from The Kills. Mm -hmm. um, they both came out and did uh, Cuts Like a Buffalo, uh, which is an old Dead Weather song. They were there as, uh, as uh, just watching side stage with Jack's family and stuff. And then they brought him out for the one song, and that was a pretty cool treat. And then That's it was cool. also nice to have us be able to watch Dean and Allison watch the show yeah. and see how they enjoy the show. Yeah. Because she was up dancing with a bunch of girls for most of it and really enjoying herself, drinking champagne. Uh, Dean sat there and watched in his chair with his legs crossed most That's of the intense. time and really in, really uh, taking it in, like it analyzing in. it more. I yeah. think he's a thinker, eh? I think so, too. Yeah. And Hambone, I think, might have a bit of a crush on him. Hambone, uh, <laughs> old Hambone seems to like him a bit. But, hey, for good reason, he's he's a very talented person. So so last story is we were going out the very end of the night just to get a um, breath of fresh air before bed. Ah. Yes. And so uh, we were, me and my brother were standing out in the uh, sort of free Caesars, and Caesars Palace in uh, Windsor, Ontario. Right. In front of their uh, budget um, <laughs> version of the uh, of the Bellagio fountain. Oh, very yeah. nice. Which is a, which is a very small one sm fountain. Yeah, but it goes up and down. No music or fanfare, but a green light which really sets it off. Ooh, eh? so, you know, fancy boys. Screw boys. you, Bellagio. Yeah. With your white lights. Yeah. Know, your bush league white lights. So the, the, in Caesars we got green ones, but it's very small. So we're having a little breath of fresh air out there, and we see a cab pull up to the hotel. And so in this cab, we see this woman get out of the cab, which is a, uh, she's wearing a very tight, uh, revealing dress, you know, okay. she's built, she's built like a, a, a bodybuilder almost like she's really like built like a nice know, like stocky mus build. muscular, you know, yeah. yes, stocky, stout, but busty as well, busty as well, tight fitting, uh, short, short dress. Mm -hmm. She gets out and we're like, oh, right away, you know, she seems like a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a, a bit trampy. She comes out a bit trampy, to be honest with you. I'm sorry if I offend anyone. So then, uh, then we look at the front. And we're like, who who else is coming out of this vehicle? Because you see one girl and revealing clothes, and you think, well, well, then what's coming out of this next? So I look in the driver's, the guy paying the cab driver. It's an old, disgusting, <laughs> banker-looking motherfucker. You know, like the balding, you know, you know, couple overweight, on. yeah, you know, like khaki pants, like yeah. just a typical like banker kind of guy right and i'm like there's no way this guy's walking around with that girl you know like this is and so i said to paul Something's i said up. you think that's a prostitute you know and he's like uh i don't know i don't know he's, he's taking it in too because and then there's another girl too who doesn't look as uh as scantily clad so the theory that we came up with we always like to size up the situation might as well we said uh my brother's uh theory was I bet you that uh, there's a husband and wife, and they picked up a prostitute for um, number three for for a number three for a good for a good time. Yeah. And I said, "Do you really think that's true?" Because like I'm a naive guy. Like I'm a you know I don't I don't have a very adventurous uh, life uh, in those regards. So I I was like, "Do you think that's really true? Do you think you know people really do that and stuff? You know?" And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, there's only one way to find out. We got to get in that elevator. We got to get there with them with them because they're going. They've gone in the hotel now." So we got to get in that elevator. So we uh, run into the building, and literally it was one of those things where we stick our hand into the elevator. That's how close it yeah, was. Yeah, that's how close it was to stopping. And there, and the and there's the two girls in there, and the other one, upon closer look, is also a tramp, right? Okay. Now that you've had a better up now and that down, now had a better look. And so it was the two prostitutes and the banker that were going up in the elevator, mm -hmm. and we stick our arm in, 
And they read our shirts. My brother's wearing his Jack White shirt he bought, and then I'm wearing like a Queens of Stone Age shirt okay. that I wore to the show. Yeah. And they're making comments. Oh, look at right away they commenting on our shirts. Like, you guys got good taste in music and stuff. And then uh, um, they go, you know, you know where you guys got to come tomorrow night is uh, Studio Four or whatever. Studio Four, which I Ooh. assume is an adult establishment. I would assume yeah. as well. And uh, we're like, oh, we're leaving. We're going home. You know, that's that's. Thank you for the invitation. You know, very very kind, kind. kind to you. And the banker says, that's where I just came from, <laughs> right? Is what he said. <laughs> the big smile on his face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Endorsed by uh, the greasy dirtbag banker. And then the girls both smacked us uh, on our bottoms on the way out of the elevator. A little, and was, uh, little ass tap like in sports. Yeah, it was hurt. It actually, she, I had my phone in my back pocket too. She hit my phone. I think she, I'm hoping she hurt her hand because she had no business touching my bottom, Michael. That was bullshit. Was, I'm, a, I'm a married man. Of course you are. Well, that's how we're ending it, but that's how I ended my night, and that's how we're going to end this episode of Life from right. the Dutch Hall, Detroit Rock City. Thank you so much for coming in, Mike. Cheers, Cheers. Beatty. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, Detroit it's, Rock City. It's always a pleasure. And, if, guys, if you'd like to please reach out, go to uh, Life from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com and, uh, or go on um, iTunes and, and uh, give me some uh, feedback there. Otherwise, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, like me on Facebook. Uh, I like you. You do. You're very supportive. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll see you next week, everyone. All right. All right. Bye.